Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. How's it going, everyone? The sun is shining, the birds are chirping, and sports fans are rejoicing. With the NBA playoffs heating up, more and more fans are being allowed into the venues to witness all the threes, steals, and slam dunks in person. Later in the show, Vice President of Communications for the Utah Jazz, Frank Zhang, will join me to talk about what it took to get Jazz supporters back into Vivint Arena. But first, let's welcome on the boss, David Phillips Jr. What's up, Jr.? Not much. Just happy to be here. Happy it's playoff time. So, Jr., I know you are a big Utah Jazz fan. You've been to a ton of games in that arena. It's switched names. It's switched names a few times, but same arena. What would you say is your favorite moment as a Jazz fan inside Vivint Arena? Well, it had to have been, and and the year is escaping me. I think it's 2007 or eight, but it was the year that they had Derek Fisher. And I know jazz fans may cringe a little bit wah, hearing that wah, name. Wah. We, but, we feel like he betrayed us. Yeah, but when he was here, it was great. He had, he had left because his daughter had the eye cancer, and the playoff game against the Warriors where he came back, I believe it was game two, he came back into the arena. So the game had already been going. He comes in, and as a producer for the pregame show, I was down kind of in the tunnels, and you saw him come in. He jogs into the locker room, comes out. So I went back into the arena. He didn't sit on the bench for probably more than five seconds before Jerry Sloan brought him in. And when he walked in, the fans knew what he was going through personally and all that. The Jazz fans were so loud. I still get chills to this day. Um, when I think about that, when I think about that moment, when he comes in, he hit a big three, he had a steal, he was impactful in that, and just what it meant for him as a family man, but also as a as a jazz player in a big win and stuff. That was I'll always remember that moment. I love that, and I think that's so impactful, and I think that's one of the huge things about being a fan and what what makes sports so special is you can come together, you know, with one purpose. And you're supporting these guys. And if you're a huge fan, you know their background, you know what they're going through. And I, I just absolutely, I love that. And, and this week had, I, I don't know if it was as loud, Junior, as, as that day, but it seemed like it was absolutely deafening inside Vivint Arena this past week. Yeah, it was great. I mean, playoff atmosphere. I, a lot of my favorite memories are being there. I remember going on Mother's Day. Um, we brought my mom to a game and it was jazz Lakers and Ronnie price had a monster block on Luke Walton. And I can just remember that place going absolutely ballistic. There is nothing like uh, playoff basketball, especially at the Vivint arena. That is one of the coolest things. Well, just from watching on TV, I don't know if it's with the mixture of fans finally being allowed to watch in person and cheering on the best team in the country. It creates an unbeatable environment, but what was it like to actually be there? To find out, let's bring on a man who saw it live in all its glory, a huge Utah Jazz fan, Jason Sanders. Thanks for coming on, Jason. You bet. Glad to be here. All right, so so tell me where you're from and a little bit about yourself for the fans. Yeah, I grew up in Kaysville, Utah. Uh, lived around the country a bit. Um, saw jazz and BYU con- uh, games at various locations around the country before coming back home and raising my family here in uh, Davis County. Love it. Cool, Jason. So how long have you been a jazz fan? Oh, I grew up a jazz fan. I used to collect those jazz posters they used to give away um, back in the 80s. I think my room probably at one point had 40 or 50 of those just plastered everywhere across <laughs> my my house, right? And, um, yeah, so from early 80s on, I've, I've 
I'm through and through a jazz fan. Okay. Okay. So if that's the case, who is your favorite former player? We'll start there. Former Utah oh, jazz player. It's Stockton for sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad choice. What about your current favorite player? Oh, that one's hard because there's so many good guys, right? I mean, Joe Ingles is just a, is just classic. Right. Um, considering where he's come from and how far he's, he's developed, but then, you know, he's a, he's a great dad and kind of a role model from that front. And, you know, and he looks like my eighth grade math teacher. So that's, <laughs> that's even funner. Um, and, you know, Rudy Gobert is just amazing on defense and the way he's also, you know, came in as a gangly tall French guy that nobody believed in. And now he's just dominant. And then Donovan Mitchell, right? I mean, everyone loves Donovan Mitchell. So, um, and I, you know, my license plate on my car is four or five named after because of Donovan. So, um, <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, and then you can just keep going. I mean, George Nying's great to, to cheer for, and you got Clarkson. I mean, it's it's hard to it's hard to pick one favorite. You love them all. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jason, as this team began to kind of gel together last year and started to make a run in the playoffs, how hard was it not being able to attend? Oh, it was brutal. I had uh, half a season of tickets last year, um, and – you know, we were, my family and I would go to a lot, you know, half the games at home and just loved it. You know, when the lockdown happened and it was, it was going into playoff mode, we were getting ready to, to go to all those games. And we had really good, some really good games that we missed out on. So it was kind of lame. You know, it was lame anyway, all around the country and every aspect of our lives. But missing out on the jazz games made it worse. So back in December, I believe, is when they announced that they would slowly be letting fans back in a Vivid Arena. When you heard that they were going to be letting fans in, what was your reaction? First, I was really excited, um, but, you know, it was pretty hard to get tickets early on um, because they didn't, they didn't allow very many people in. So I'm just glad to seeing, seeing it open up a lot more so you can actually get tickets. Yeah, with, with them being such a hot team, how hard was it to get tickets to Game 2? It was surprisingly easy. Um, they, were, they were a lot more expensive than they were last year. But, uh, you know, I just went online and bought them. So <laughs> you're like, I don't care the price. This is happening. Well, yeah. So last year we had um, half a season of low bowl tickets and I thought the price was pretty reasonable. But when I saw the prices this last week, we opted for upper bowls. So that'll tell you a little <laughs> bit about the difference. I don't even want to know the price. I think it'd make me sick to my stomach, but okay. So, so take me to when you were headed to game two, you get to salt Lake, all the fans are gathering outside in anticipation. How are you feeling in that moment? Oh, it was perfect. Um, I was cheering in the uh, tunnels. My wife was annoyed at my childlike exuberance, um, <laughs> pretty normal, but it also just makes it a lot of fun. So it was great to see all the fans there and be in a crowd and, it was, it was awesome. What was that atmosphere like inside that arena, especially as the jazz started really getting going early on? Oh, it was everything you expect. It was loud. My wife had her ears plugged. I actually thought about wishing I had um, brought some earplugs. I mean, it was, it was that bad. My ears were hurting. <laughs> Is it normally like that in, in Vivid Arena, or was, there, was it something a little extra special because people were, were extra excited? It, it's always loud, but it was a little extra. Yeah. So what was your favorite thing about the whole fan experience that the Jazz put on? I know there was like the, the matching T-shirts. They have new video boards. What was your favorite aspect about the fan experience? I just like being there with all the other fans. Um, the T-shirts are great. Um, they have this new light thing going on, which is pretty cool. Where they have little lights, you know, probably thousands of lights scattered all over the, all over the stadium hooked to railings. And they even got some 
on the chairs, the social distancing chairs that no one can sit in. Um, and they had those all coordinated and lighting up at different times. Um, from a nerdy perspective, that was pretty cool to see. Um, but the crowd was the best and, and seeing the players on the court was a lot of fun. All right, Jason, you've been a fan of the jazz since the eighties. What has been your favorite moment at that arena? Oh goodness gracious. So I haven't gone to, you know, the last three years is really when I've been started going to games regularly just because my kids were pretty young until recently. Um, Oh, that's really a hard thing to answer. I did love the block on Wednesday night, Go Bears block on John Morant. Um, if I can just go with something recent. Um, I did go to um, a summer league game when um, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, um, his first rookie year, and that was pretty cool to see that guy come out and just dominate. I think mm-hmm. he dominated someone from the Celtics. Um, and, you know, we didn't really, nobody really knew who he was and, you know, we didn't think he was going to turn out to be the guy he is today, but in hindsight, um, it was pretty amazing to see that guy come out there and just, I mean, he, he destroyed him. It was awesome. Well, you can absolutely say game two of the playoffs because it's not every day that Utah has the number one team in the NBA and you're there to watch it. I, I think that's an incredible, and, jo, and John Morant, he's so much fun to watch. So, so as I guess an opposing fan, what was it like watching him in person? Oh, it was frustrating. Um, <laughs> uh, my wife, who's not a huge basketball fan, just kept asking about him. She's like, who's that guy? Uh, and, you know, if you can take if you can get uh, the non fan to take notice, you're doing something right. All right. So now, now that you've been able to experience being back in a loud, crowded and rowdy sports environment, would you rather watch live in person from the arena or from the comfort of your own house in your favorite chair watching on TV, which is basically what we all did during uh, the past year oh it's easy I'll, I'll go to the stadium anytime <laughs> it was like going home I before the game we got there kind of early and it was just nice to sit there and I just like this is this is good I'm home this is awesome I love that that's the perfect way to end it I'm home Jason Sanders thank you so much for joining us today you were awesome take care thanks for having me all right thanks. up next get a behind the scenes look into what it took to get Vivint Arena fan ready with the Utah Jazz Vice President of Communications Frank Zhang this is Cooper Taylor. Welcome back to the Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. Fans all around the country have been eager, to say the least, to once again attend their favorite sporting events in person. And it showed during the enthusiastic cheering of Utah Jazz loyalists during the playoffs this week. But what did it take to get people back into Vivint Arena? We have with us the Vice President of Communications for the Utah Jazz, Frank Zhang. Frank, thank you so much for coming on the Cougar Tailgate. Uh, It's great to be with you. Frank, you've, you've worked on seven Olympic Games and you handle communications for the Utah Jazz, among other sports in Utah. So you've been involved in some incredible events throughout your career. What's one of the moments that sticks out to you the most, would you say? Well, I have been quite fortunate to have a career in public relations and sports. Started in college sports at North Carolina and Georgia Tech. And then I got involved in the Olympic movement um, with the U.S. Olympic Committee and the organizing committee for the 2002 Salt Lake Games. And and now I'm getting to experience uh, professional sports uh, with the Utah Jazz. I mean, one moment that really stands out for me is was one that was here in Utah Hmm. when the 2002 Olympic Games finished up. 
We were at Rice-Eccles Stadium and the closing ceremonies had concluded. The flame had gone out and the lights were coming up and we were in, in essence cleaning up the stadium. And when I went home that night, the sense of accomplishment for what the state of Utah had done for sport and the state and the Olympic movement worldwide to bring such a successful games uh, to this area was uh, quite rewarding in itself. But I've had a lot of highlight moments from Final Fours and big football games to uh, the NBA playoffs. So there's, it's been a lot of fun along the way. That's incredible. Uh, basically, you have a dream job for a sports fan. <laughs> so this, this past year has been weird for all of us for many reasons. You've been involved, obviously, with so many sports and, and the fans that go along with it. What was 2020 like for you professionally when suddenly – no fans were allowed to attend sporting events. Well, for sport and society, it, it's certainly been a, a challenging year. And I think one that I, I hope is marked by re, the trait of resiliency and how we were able to uh, deal on a daily basis with the challenges from the COVID-19 pandemic and, and what that would uh, mean to our businesses, to sports, to schools, and to, you know, just our, our daily lives as well. So certainly sports were just a small piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly provided a relief and an outlet for people when we were able to take the NBA to the bubble in Orlando and complete part of last season. And then, you know, it set the table for what has been certainly an unusual 2021 campaign with 72 regular season games, limited fan capacity. And as we now seem to be turning the corner here um, in the fight against the pandemic, you know, sports and other businesses and entertainment fields are, are starting to open up as well. So, We were fortunate. We actually started the season with a very limited number of fans in December Mm -hmm. on the 20, the 10% mark Um, game two of the NBA playoffs against Memphis had about 14,000 fans here, which Mm. about 75%. So through that whole process, we've had several incremental increases and seating configurations continue to change all the time. um, As we just, try to address the daily issues and circumstances surrounding the impact of COVID-19. You, you mentioned that, you know, seating arrangements have to change. You went from 10% capacity and, and on up. What was the process like of being able to get Vivint Arena back and ready for fans? Um, you know, we worked with local and state health officials and the NBA to develop the best protocols to allow a limited number of fans who chose to attend games. And we primarily worked with our season ticket holders in this case. And there were a number of practices that included um, health screenings on a mobile app, a number of NBA protocols around the court to protect the players. Uh, The use of technology was really important to us as well to help put some of those best practices in place. But when we came back, I mean, some of the immediate things that people saw were mandatory mask Mm -hmm. screening at the entry. We had plexiglass dividers behind the jazz and visiting team benches. Uh, We had seat covers to designate socially distanced seating pods. So, you know, we had open seats and then covered seats to spread people out. Uh, We used contactless entry 
with everything being digital tickets, that will be something that we'll continue to use going forward. It's, it's just a good business practice of digital tickets. Uh, something else we had actually implemented before the pandemic was cashless transactions uh, for <laughs> concessions and merchandise. So um, again, that was something that limited the, the touch of fans, particularly at the beginning of the pandemic. And then we didn't, you know, we don't allow bags and things into the arena to speed up entry into the facility as well so that you don't have people grouping up. So some of those things were, out, were, were done because of COVID-19, but some I think will be good practices that we will continue forward with. Mm, and I was going to ask that if some of these will continue forward, which I imagine they will, because honestly, they're, they're really great ideas. So what are some things the Utah Jazz have done to increase the fan experience for the playoffs? Well, the playoffs are certainly a very special time in our community as everyone <laughs> rallies around the mm-hmm. team uh, in the push to get to the NBA finals. So the enthusiasm and the excitement um, throughout the state of Utah is, is palpable and the arena is really quite different. So when we finished the regular season, we were approximately 6,500 fans and we have doubled that number uh, for the playoffs. And wow. oh, I mean, the atmosphere is different. Certainly when you have more fans in there, it's more natural. Um, but then we have the added elements of, you know, uh, the music and the new videos. And obviously the, the t-shirts are one of the fun things that we do um, by putting out 18,000 t-shirts. The first game was white out where everybody had white t-shirts. The second home game featured our dark mode color scheme of the orange, red, and yellow, and it matches the court in the jazz uniforms. Um, and so that's some of the, the fun things that go on. We have a, a pregame uh, party on the plaza outside of Vivint Arena that takes place two hours before tip-off or home games throughout the playoffs. And there's a live broadcast set, and uh, there's merchandise, and there's music and, and things out there as well. And One other unique thing that we're going to do here during the playoffs is we're going to have a watch party. So Saturday night's away game at Memphis, fans are invited to come to Vivint Arena for free and watch Mm. the game inside the arena on the big center-hung video boards. Um, It's a great way for Jazz Nation to come together, experience the moment, um, as fans and, um, you know, watch the game together. So we're looking forward to that. Oh, that sounds like a blast. And, and it, it feels so good to somewhat be back to normal and be able to get together in groups this way. Frank, I'm sure you've been in Utah long enough to know that BYU and Utah fans don't get along too well. Uh, the Utah Jazz is one of the only things that brings them together to wear the same colors and to be sitting in the same place. So what impact... Have you seen that having fans present at the games has had so far? Well, it's certainly invigorating for the players. Um, Honestly, during the regular season, arenas around the NBA were using what they call audio sweeteners. And that was an extra sound system that was brought in that provided music or rhythmic clapping and cheering as well. And part of that is because of the television coverage with games being on TV. They wanted to have that 
uh, ambient sound come mm-hmm. around the court. And for the players' sakes as well, I mean, it's it's sort of we- it would be weird to be playing basketball in a 18,000-seat arena where you can hear everything. You know, it's, <laughs> it's quiet. Let me put it that way. Right. So audio sweetening was a way that the league – um, enhance the experience for television, for the players, and even for the fans in attendance as well. Since we've gotten to the playoffs, we've been able to eliminate that. And it's a much more natural um, uh, feeling that's coming uh, from the moment of cheers and dunks and the reactions of fans. And, um, and, and it, it just it, the feeling is just a little bit different because of that. In what ways have you noticed a difference in the players going from the NBA bubble last year with zero fans to playing in front of thousands of fans? Have you noticed any difference in the players themselves? Well, the players play for the fans in many, right. you know, and it adds certainly that level of excitement to it and connection that happens even in person that way, you know, between the fans and the stands and the players on the court. Vivid Arena is built for basketball. It is a wonderful facility to watch basketball. And the Utah Jazz truly have a home court advantage um, because of the of our fan base and because of the way the, the facility exists as well. Um, and it's something that 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 uh, can make can help swing. Let's say, hey, one of the biggest words in sports is momentum. Mm-hmm. And um you know, the fans can help swing that momentum back and forth, whether it's an outdoor football stadium or an indoor basketball arena. Um, and so they have a, a, a part to play in uh, how the, the team's performance may be. Absolutely. And obviously people's desire to attend sporting events has increased since it was taken away from them for a year. And this is kind of maybe just your personal opinion. Do you expect this eagerness and increase in ticket sales to last, or do you think it might dwindle once again as it is everything is normalized again? Well, the return of sports has certainly brought a degree of normalcy probably back into our lives again. Um, you know, the jazz um, are, are, are popular. I put it in the present tense. I mean, we had a sellout streak of more than 100 games before the pandemic hit Mm. and even with our limited capacities we were technically sold out for every game during this past regular season although in smaller numbers I totally get that so um you know if there's a, a a trait of jazz fans it's certainly loyalty um and we have had um great response from our season ticket holders throughout the years and the fan base in general so um, you know, as the team is is really hitting its stride, you think of all the awards this team has captured this year from All-Stars to Sixth Man of the Year to finalists for Coach of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year. And um, it's an incredible nucleus. And, you know, this regular season was certainly fantastic with the best record in the NBA, the number one seed in the West and the home court advantage throughout the playoffs that that enthusiasm, I do believe endures uh, with jazz fans. Mm, I I agree with you. It's been over 20 years since there's, since jazz fans have, has seen anything like this. And 
this is something we've been asking uh, this question to people is now that you experience sort of watching games from just at home. Now, do you prefer watching it from home at your favorite chair or would you prefer to be in the arena itself? Um, You know, I've actually been going to jazz games since December. Um, You know, the bubble was certainly a unique experience for all, um, but we were so, you know, health and safety was the number, number one priority for everybody. And, um, you know, we have been, the NBA and the jazz have, have been extremely cautious as we all should be um, in, in how we were able to, to deal with this. And still there are many, many protocols and testing and space limits that are still in effect, particularly um, to help keep the fans, employees and the players safe. So um, I, you know, it's 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 a unique experience to go into arena because you know we have a, a really fantastic video board system. So sometimes you look at you you catch yourself looking at the screen because it is bigger than life and it feels like it's your living room and you're watching on TV. But when you mix that with the emotion of the crowd and the people in the arena. And the noise, um, I would, that's probably the best of both worlds where you get to see it live and watch all the replays on TV as well. <laughs> Absolutely. That's actually a really great point. You, you get, you get the both of both, both uh, the best of both worlds. So last but not least, so obviously you're a, you're a huge fan of sports and uh, your son was just named MVP in region 13 for high school baseball. He plays for judge Memorial. That's gotta be a really proud moment as a dad what was that like for you you know we've talked about some of the you know we've obviously talked about basketball and and uh, different sports here as well and but we're sort of a baseball family (laughs) Um, and so both of my boys are high school players and um, my oldest is uh, just finished up his senior season at uh, Judge Memorial and 3A and they had a really good season and um, he's going to go on and pursue uh baseball uh at the college level here and uh we're we're super excited for my you know sports are um character building their community building and they've met so much in our family's lives um just because of the experiences and opportunities that they've uh, provided to us and it goes way 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 beyond wins and losses mm-hmm. of um of those connections that are developed through, through sports. So um, we are, uh, we are big sports fans. <laughs> I couldn't agree more with that. I love that. And congratulations to your son and to you and your family. This is uh, Frank Zhang, vice president of communications for the Utah jazz. Frank, thank you so much for taking the time with me today. Yeah, my pleasure, Lauren. Thank you for the invitation to, to visit with you and uh, talk about the Utah Jazz. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Frank Zhang, Jason Saunders, and David Phillips Jr. for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.